everybody, welcome to another episode of Shouting from the Sidelines. You're with me and Nick today. We've just finished our daytime first touch sessions, another awesome session with our three to four-year-olds. And today we're going to talk about the future of football coaching. There's some changes that are happening elsewhere in Europe and we think that it's probably going to be coming over here shortly. There's some of the stuff that's happening elsewhere we've actually been doing for the last couple of years. So we're going to talk to you a little bit about that. Um, and what you can expect really and what you should be expecting from not just foot tech but also your child's grassroots team so Nick tell us about a guy called Horst Ween <laughs> if I've pronounced his name correctly and why is he so important at the moment uh, yeah so he's uh, very well renowned in, in coaching and coach development um, he was actually had a, a hockey background initially but I first became aware of him when we were setting up foot tech um, I remember borrowing these books from the uh, library at uni while I was there uh, it took me a long time to track down my own personal copies but what really appealed to me at that time obviously Spain were at their zenith at that point and and one of his books had actually been become the uh, the foundation book for, for coaching in Spain and it was like their, their handbook, they adopted that as their handbook so that obviously really appealed to me um, and it was called Developing Youth Soccer Players um, and it's something that I've been heavily influenced by since then um, and I was saying it's, it's a lot about decision making, it's a lot about game realistic activities which we just know are making players uh, a lot better than some of the more modern looking drills that you can see now which might look a bit fancier. Um, but probably not as effective in developing football players. Maybe effective at getting people to do stuff with a ball, but not in the right context. So he's, he's a really interesting guy because, as Nick said, a lot of what he implemented with Spain are the reasons why Spain went on to do what they've done. Um, Germany, at the moment, are the latest to be implementing a lot of his teachings. They've just revamped their whole grassroots um, model, which we'll talk about in a second, but when it's probably a good time to understand why why this is a good thing to implement. This it's almost a street style of football, and if we think about many of the people listening to this, parents and so forth, will have played out in the street at some point, male or female, and 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 football in the street was a hotbed for development because there were so many things going on. No coaches, no referees, mixed abilities, mixed physical uh, attributes, mixed ages and so forth, different grounds, things to dodge, <laughs> you know, the, a, a whole host of different things which were, were actually massive for development, but obviously due to societal changes, techno technology advances and things, not many kids get to experience this now. And then like Nick said, What's happening is you're seeing the, the, in inverted commas, Instagram coaches that are putting on these sessions, whether it be an, with a group or one-to-one -one that just look brilliant, poles everywhere, cones everywhere, blah, 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 blah. The kids are just nailing every single move that they're doing. These kids doing rainbow flicks, other people, whatever. All looks fantastic, but it's not in context to the game. And this is the issue and this is the issue that I think a lot of people are finding at the moment in coaching circles is we can set kids up to do a drill in lines and get them get it looking pretty for parents but really put those kids into that game and it falls apart mm -hmm. we 
have learnt this, I guess, of we, uh, as we've gone on. We, we, we were always never a fan of line drills or anything, but what we were a fan of and what we did a lot of was individual ball work, mm -hmm. a lot of individual technical work. And it was great. It worked because parents loved it. Kids could do things with the ball that they couldn't do before. But then, as you found, Nick, and that's the reason why you went down the rabbit hole of looking at, at tweaking the curriculum, we were making these players that could dribble a ball and do a lot of stuff with the ball, but when we put them into a game, they couldn't make the right decisions. They all often just dribbled until they were tackled, when a pass might have been a better option, a longer shot might have been a better option, whatever, whatever. Um, and so the more we started to read up on this stuff and implement it, there's been some slight change, hasn't there, over the last couple of years to our mm -hmm. curriculum, that we've just to test it. We've just seen that the players are better fundamentally in, in, in these game situations, haven't we? And that's that's formed the basis of this podcast is to talk about about that and about how what other coaches can do and about what parents at Foot Tech can expect now from us. Um but yeah, can can you can you talk more about what this this street style what does it mean? What what does it mean in, in for, to, to a training session, for example? So it's, it's just activities that are, are more like playing the game of football itself. As you're talking about there, with the, you, know, you can do a lot of individual ball work, a lot of individual skill work and get people to do new things with the ball. But they're, they're things that they're never going to use or very, very rarely going to use in a game. So it, it just begs the question, what's the point? Mm -hmm. You're trying to get them better at playing the game of football, not to be better at doing things with a football. So unless it's in context, unless it's something that they can use in the game, then you can argue it's pretty irrelevant. And in the game, it's all about just making the correct decision, not what can you do with the ball, where should you be, what should you do when you're there, when should you do it, why should you do it. It's all of those, we talk about decision-making a lot, and it's, it's game-based decisions. What is the right thing for me to do at this moment in time? And unless you're getting exposure to being in those environments and those game situations, you're not going to develop those. Mm -hmm. I guess if you look at it from a more of an adult point of view, driving lessons and driving tests mm. and so on, when we used to do those isolated manoeuvres to practice for our, our test, that really didn't mean anything until we actually did it in a busy car park or on a busy road or whatever, because it wasn't yeah. in context, was it? Yeah. And so that's, the, that's what we're trying to get at here with this. And we've gone down, we've read lots of books on lots of different topics around this, and it just starts to make so much sense that we don't see i think the last true street footballer we can probably talk about from our generation is wayne rooney mm. i'd say and i don't think it's any coincidence that and i would argue this with most people he is probably the best english player that we've created of our generation um and when you listen to him there's a great um great amazon documentary about him at the moment he talks about the fact that he was just out on the street playing, playing, playing small-sided games. Wherever they could, they'd play. He said that from a tactical point of view, that all came a lot later for him. But in terms of his own physical um, development with the football, that came in the street. So it's a case of now, can we t take this and almost turn street football back then and make it for now? And that's where the training sessions are going to be adapted slightly and, and, and what Germany are doing in particular, which we'll talk about, is, you know, is, is implementing this system of, okay, what do these kids need based on what I've seen in these little matches? 
And how can I now make a training session that's more game realistic to help them pass better or to help them uh, receive it on their back foot, to help them understand when to pass, when to dribble and so on. Um, Germany have, have implemented this recently. This is after a two-year pilot. So they've, they've lo looked at a lot of research. But what I like about what they're doing is they've placed the emphasis back on the children. So they've made it all about enjoyment for the children because they want these kids to be in the game as long as possible. And some of the things that they're doing is they're going 2v2 up to, I think it was under sevens, I think they were going 2v2. And then under seven to under 11, they're gonna go 3v3. And after that, that's when it starts going up to 5v5 or, and 7v7. I, I might have got that slightly wrong in terms of the, the, the ages, but yeah, it's def they're definitely starting 2v2 and 3v3. Um, they're not gonna have referees. They're not gonna have scores. They're going to hammer the fact that parents and coaches should not be shouting anything to them. They're just going to be left to play. As opposed to having leagues and matches, it's going to be more football afternoons, football festivals, these sorts of things, with an emphasis on play. Again, linking that back to the street, the fact that we went out and we just played because we wanted to play. There was nobody shouting, telling us what to do. There was nobody uh, blowing a whistle every two minutes to stop and whatever. We just played. Um, they're going to play this game, which goes back to Horst Wien. Apologies if I get his name is pronounced wrong. A game called Fininho, which uh, if any of you come to our sessions, you'll know that we've been doing this for a few years now. Uh, there's four goals, so each team has two goals to aim at. You play 3v3, nice wide pitch, fairly long. And it's, we'll do more podcasts on this and some stuff for coaches specifically to look at, but it, it, it's a great game because it means there's more decisions. It means the children are working on the peripheral vision, not just the tunnel vision. Um, lot, there's lots more options, lots more going on, lots more opportunities for a lot of the development stuff that we need to, to, to do in, in these things. And Germany are, are going to play that game. So their matches are going to be for Nino. They're not going to be the traditional two goals. They're going to be the four goals, 3v3 or 2v2. So... After their research, they found that that's going to be the best way to develop their kids. The last time Germany did anything so radical in changing their youth system was after England beat them 5-1 all those years ago. And they then went on to win a World Cup. So if Germany are doing it, there's, <laughs> there's likely... <laughs> Should be worried. Yeah, yeah, there's likely something in it. Um, like I said, fun is going to be the focus. More touches, more goals, more decisions and, and so on. Um, because as one of their head guys said, only kids that enjoy it will stay in it for, for longer. Um, we, what we wanted to sort of talk about as well, and it's a question that I'm going to ask you now, Nick, is what, what do you think that means? What should it mean for coaches now? Coaches that are going to, coaches that should be embracing this way, what, what does it mean for us as coaches? Um, yeah, I think, Coaches need to put the, the, the players and the learners at the forefront of their sessions. Um, I think a lot of coaches like the idea of, of being in charge and being, being the main voice and the main figure at a coaching session, but it, it, it's not about them. It's about, it's about the children who play in the game. And there's this misconception that children can only learn if a coach tells them to do something. But like, we all played street football. We learned to play the game well enough. You don't have to be told what to do. This game for Nino and like Germany is saying, just coaches and parents standing back, they will learn the game from playing it. Um, so I think a lot of coaches, it's a case of you have to be a lot more considerate and careful with your planning 
uh, and the activities you type are using to get out the outcomes that you want your players to develop because um, basically you're trying to do that without you having to stand there and tell them what to do um, and if what you're looking for isn't coming out through your activities then you, you've planned your activities wrong so it's it's a change of skill set really it's all about designing um, environments designing activities and then I suppose dropping the dropping the ego about being <laughs> being the main man and the mm -hmm. focus of the session it's the it's the player session what it's much more important what they learn rather than rather than what the coach uh, quote unquote teaches um, what what is taught and what is learned uh, uh, not often the same thing yeah if that was a question for you when you were talking to me about this is well what do we do do we just stand back and put on a game now and I can I can imagine some parents thinking well hold on so I'm going to take my kid to a private academy like yours or a football team and they're just going to play matches all day. That, that's not what we're saying. What, what we're saying, like Nick said there, is that the activities that, we'll be, that, that a good coach should be doing now will be game-related activities, not just a match. And it'll be based on the needs of the individual players in that group. So that's the tricky part straight away, is designing these activities to to work with different ages, work with different ability levels and so on. That's going to come down to the coach to know their kids inside out. Um, the coach is going to be there. We're not saying that the coach should never stop a session again. That's, that's not what we're no, saying. Definitely not. It, it's, coaches are going to need to know what decisions a child should be making in and out of possession in a game it, whilst the game's going yeah. on. And that's the tough part yeah. because traditionally, Traditionally, coaches used to th work with these elaborate flamboyant drills and thought that was the coaching part where they'd stop it and talk about blah, blah, blah. And then the game at the end was just the, I've done my bit now. I'm just going to sit back. But actually, that game at the end is now, it, well, it should have always been the most important thing because that's where you're going to see where the learning's occurring. And if it's not, can you do an intervention? Can you pull a kid out and give them a little bit of guidance, ask them a few questions? But fundamentally, after that match at the end, you're then going to have to review that and then work out your session for the next week based on what you've seen. And that's the difficult part, which we think a lot of coaches won't embrace. We Like, like the, whether it's a British thing, I don't know, but we will be behind. There's no doubt. But we're creating better players now, obviously, with the national team doing better. But the... There are coaches out there that will implement things like this, but there are coaches that will continue to do it because that's how they've always done it. And I think for parents now, if your child is at a grassroots team and you're seeing line drills, you're seeing it stopped every two seconds, you're well within your rights to question that in the right way, in my opinion. I think we know that some of these are volunteers and whatever else, fine, but those coaches that are, have the ego um, and are in it for, quote-unquote, the wrong reasons, they're the ones that you need to be questioning now to say, what, you know, is there not a better way of doing this? How much are they understanding about how kids learn? Kids don't learn by being told all the time. Kids learn by doing and figuring it out themselves with some guidance, with some praise. So you have to put yourself in the, in the player's head and understand what decision they've made at that particular time and guide them to understand what, what decisions were available to them, what, which is the better decision to make. Uh, so it's about bringing the decisions to the surface um, I think traditional coaching was more, more, almost like following a script and you'd plan beforehand what you were going to do, what your intervention was going to be, what your coaching point was going to be. Um, but really, you need to be watching the game live and seeing the pictures live in the moment and understanding what it, it, why, is your, why has that player just done that? 
what was going through their head at particular time, what should have been going through their head at particular time, and just making them aware of the, the game-based decisions that they should be making um, and, and the options available to them. So it's a, it's a harder thing to do live and in the moment, but it's much more effective because it's, it's a real thing that has just happened on the pitch involving that player. So when you stop them there and then and help them with what they've just done, it's going to be more powerful to them rather than you've just planned a session two nights ago and you're trying to get over a point that you want to make to them, which might not even have anything to do with what's happening in that session at that particular moment in time. Yeah, because yeah, that, again, that was a traditional model, wasn't it, is have your coaching points ready, which... You shouldn't know what they are. You, should, you, yeah. shouldn't, you shouldn't be able <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a nonsense, really, because if the kids are... What if the, every kid's nailing the points that you were mm -hmm. going to make, you're still yeah. going to stop it? Yeah. Because what's the point? Because you're probably going to damage their learning because they're going to start thinking about that thing then. Yeah. Whereas if it's happening automatically, that's fine. But it is, it is a tougher way of doing it, without a doubt, but it's a better way. And I'm hoping, I think the FA, the likes of Pete Sturgis and so forth, are sort of getting on board with this 3v3 thing, aren't they? Oh, very much so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, they, you know, hopefully they, they will, the FA will put stuff out about this, but... I think if you're in kids' football, volunteer or not, you you should make it your mission to get the most out of these children that you're working with. And I don't think you're doing right by then if you're not looking at new things and trying to embrace new things as opposed to, that's working, it looks lovely, I'll leave it as it is. We're winning games. Don't ask yourself if you're winning games. Ask yourself if you're developing kids. Are they, are they, are they, football, are they getting better at football individually? Because if that's a question mark, then that's when you need to start thinking about, OK, are there better ways of doing this, different ways of doing this? For us, how easy would it have been just to leave it as we were doing it? Because yeah. <laughs> everybody's happy. Everybody were happy with yeah, it. Everybody's, yeah. oh, well, yeah, they can do this with the ball, that with the ball. And we wouldn't be doing right by our members if we didn't, the worst thing we could say is we've always done it this way. I think it's yeah, one of the worst things yeah. you can say. And we wouldn't be doing right by our players and parents if we didn't question what we're doing from time to time and then tweak it to make it better. And those that have come to most of the classes and watch will have seen there has been a change with this. You'll see that there's been more street-style football, street-style games, game-based activities, less individual ball work. So you will have noticed that, and this is the reason why. We're going to talk more about this in, in the future and put on some stuff on our social media and so forth and email parents with some, some details on it. But now you know why, that this is a, a thing that we're on top of, and I hope that's seen as a positive thing, given that it's, it's the likes of Germany are starting to implement it, or Spain implemented this years ago. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, it's exciting times, I think, and, and we're, we're really looking forward to seeing how it helps our children. From what we've seen so far... That's exactly what we've seen, haven't we? The kids are better. Kid, the, our kids yeah. are getting better. We've, we've invested in the likes of VO technology so we can look back at our sessions now. Um, Nick's been doing a lot of work on that last night, looking at a session from Monday and looking at Fininho and, OK, what decisions are these players making? What should they be doing? So it, we've invested a lot in making our classes better um, and making our coaches better as well. They're going to get a lot of new training. So it's, it, it's, it is going to be exciting over the next couple of years to see how this helps. But I think at the heart of it all, as you've said, is the child, is the player. And are they, are they, what do they want? And it goes back to that. We did a survey at Christmas, didn't we, with mm. the kids on camp. And the thing that, the fun to them is development. Fun is getting better at football. And we feel now that this, this tweak 
will help them have more fun because they are going to be getting better. Um, so I, we, yeah, we, we are we are excited. For that. We're going to do more stuff like uh, gala days as well, aren't we? Where we, we're going to have interfoot tech tournaments and things like that to in three v three format and two v two format. Um, but what we're also going to do, which is interesting for anybody listening on the coaching side, and even if you're a parent and just want to know more about this stuff, we're going to commit to putting more coach education stuff out there, completely free, because we want to raise the standards, particularly in our city, in our region, we want to raise the standards of coaching, we want to raise awareness for how things should be done, not just on football, but how kids learn as well. Um, so we're going to put out a lot of free stuff. So there is no excuse. There is no excuse for people saying, oh, well, I ain't got time, I ain't got this, I ain't got that, or, or you know, just don't want to do it. There's no excuse because it's going to be there. It's going to be given from us on our YouTube, on our social media. Um, we'll probably put out a video or two a week of what we're doing. We're, we're not going to, there's no secrets to this. It's just, you spend 10 minutes online and you can find all this information out and we're going to present it to people and allow coaches to take our classes, sorry, take our uh, training activities and use them in their sessions, adapt them for their sessions, whatever, but we're going to provide all this free of charge so people can help their players, whether you're a foot tech member or not. Um, well, we can't really say fairer than that, can we, on, nope. on that side of things. Um, so yeah, so that's the future, certainly the initial future. It's likely to change again <laughs> in a few years as, yeah. as we learn more. I think what will happen is people will learn from this and then make some adaptions and make it better. And that's the, that's, that's the exciting thing about football coaching it's it's ever changing there is no finish line exactly that until everybody becomes messy within yeah. six weeks that's <laughs> it. it's, uh, that this is how it'll be so it is exciting but yeah we any questions guys as always just drop us a line because um this is something close to our heart we want to make sure that kids are getting the best possible experience not just with us but in their other, other football sessions as well um it is it is an interesting time i think um i think we will i think i think the kids are going to love it and i think we're going to see a lot of talent developed, mm -hmm. fundamentally, but a lot of fun. A lot of kids staying in football for the right reasons, fundamentally. Um, hope you've enjoyed listening to that, everybody. Nick, anything else to add? Uh, no, mate, no. We covered it, yeah. Exciting times ahead. Good. And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening, and we'll speak to you again soon.